0: Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops Action goes into overtime So grab a six-pack of Iron City Light The only beer suitable for a Pittsburgh-themed sports film And get ready as Van Damme takes on terrorists in the igloo Hops and Box Office Flops A place where we can celebrate the underdog films The bombs The disasters
1: The much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy so please sit back grab a beer and enjoy the show
0: oh lord stanley lord stan me bring me the brandy i I hope yins are ready for this one
1: you gotta stop i think you said lord stan me
0: lord stanley
1: (laughs) is lord stanley a game of thrones character i just can't
0: remember uh he might be lord can't stand me that's peter baelish (laughs) uh so tonight this is the uh 12th episode of hops and box office flops brought to you by revenge of the and we're discussing the best movie that also co-stars the pittsburgh penguins
1: is there a second choice
0: i don't think so but this one's pretty good
1: can a team an entire team be a co-star there
0: The city of Pittsburgh is the heart of this film.
1: Introduce yourself.
0: I am the Thunderous Wizard, at writerTLK on Twitter, and I'm along with
1: Uh,
0: Terrorist Iceberg. Terrorist Iceberg, the irate lover. So yeah, this film, uh, 1995, it was one in a series of many movies that sort of took inspiration from Die Hard. Uh, This is often called Die Hard in a Hockey Arena. Obviously, there's Die Hard on a ship, which is Steven Seagal's. Which is die under hard, siege.
1: Which is Die Hard two.
0: No, Die Hard two is at an airport.
1: Die Hard three.
0: Die Hard three is more like a sprawling city game of clues.
1: Yeah, and at one point he's on a ship.
0: He's on. Yeah, he's on. A, I guess he's. I believe on someone's a, eating yeah. a hard-boiled egg. That's besides the point. So sudden death. Uh, even though I think it's a great movie, it was not a big hit. No. Cost about thirty-five million to make. It only made about twenty-point-four million <clears throat> in the United States. Was very popular in Australia, the Philippines, and Germany, though. <laughs> so take take that what you will with it. Big hockey towns. I I'm all tongue twisted
1: Don't sweat it. I have a theory on this. I am ninety-nine percent sure. That they had the title for this movie before they had a script. Uh,
0: what's pretty funny about this movie is that it was just like the brainchild of someone not really involved in Hollywood at all. So uh, the wife of the Penguin's owner was like, hey, I have a story. And it's essentially Die Hard, but we own the team, so we can film it here. The wife of the Penguin's owner wrote this? Yeah, she came up with the story treatment for this movie. Did she get the story by credit? I bl- Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. So, pretty interesting. That's bleak
1: uh, because I was shocked in the first two minutes. It opens with the death of a child.
0: Yeah, you know, you really have to set something that's going to have this high of stakes. This is game seven of the Stanley Cup, by the way, where uh, Evil Powers Booth, who... I didn't even know he had a character name until I was doing the true and false section of this. But Evil Powers Booth, Joshua Foss, you know, he's a bad dude. And he he's taken over game 7, which is offensive enough as a Penguins fan that you're going to ruin game 7. But, you know, I
1: feel like they didn't give the uh Jean-Claude Van Damme smothering a child in the first 2 minutes really enough time to kind of settle. Cause there's a very stark cut after that that just has the
0: title "Game Day" on the screen. There's a lot of cuts in this movie. I mean, when it ends, including it a literally guy getting just his ends.
1: Neck cut by a chicken bone.
0: Yeah, I I do have a series of best kills slash fight scenes, so we'll go through some of those. I but like, it. I mean, the movie literally ends with a helicopter crashing into the arena. There's no follow-up scene of whether the daughter's okay or the son's okay. The movie's just over. It's done. Do your
1: uh, do your synopsis of the movie.
0: All right, so movie is directed by Peter Himes. Guess what else he directed? Backdraft. Time Cop. The Berlin decision? Uh, he also later worked with Van Damme on a movie called Enemies Closer, which co-stars...
1: Van Damme as himself.
0: Uh, the star of Dead Man on Campus.
1: The guy from... Freddie versus Jason?
0: No. That plays the cop? Does he play the does Tom Everett Scott play the cop in Freddie versus Jason? <laughs> no, you're thinking of the other guy, yeah. He isn't Dead Man on Campus too. <laughs> He's like the crazy roommate. Who I are you thinking of
1: Dead Man on who stars in Dead Man on Campus?
0: Tom Everett Scott, of course, Zach Morris, and then the guy you just referenced who I can't remember his name. Oh, Tom Everett Scott. The American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah, yeah. He was sort of a thing for a little bit. H- who's and Tom was Hanks' it. son? Colin Hanks? He's
1: like the Colin Hanks of the early
0: 90s. That might be generous, but I guess we'll go with it. We need to figure out what happened. His so uh, Peter Himes also directed one of our personal favorites, End of Days.
1: Don't speak for me. Yeah, that's that's actually correct. The
0: Relic. Oh, <laughs> and 1986 is running scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines.
1: Oh, tap dance and Gregory Hines. Okay. Listen. I had a lot of problems with this movie, but I'm going to give you my biggest problem in my synopsis. So here's my my one sentence. Uh,
0: okay, do you want the real synopsis? Yeah, hit me. Okay. Real synopsis. This is from Tubi. Which is an app I discovered when I was searching for how to not spend money on this.
1: I paid twelve ninety nine dollars because you could only buy it through Xbox. So you can watch
0: this for free on Tubi. Yeah, fuck you. It's actually a decent little app. It has some stuff on there. It actually has a list of things that goes, stuff you can't find on Netflix. <laughs>
1: that's, that's solid marketing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so their description was, a father is in a race against time to save his daughter, the vice president, and a crowded stadium when terrorists take over a Stanley Cup game. Pretty straightforward
1: that's no like calling him a father is generous here's here's my synopsis a uh, disgraced belgian french canadian firefighter leaves his kids alone profusely at a hockey game the amount of times he left his kids boggled my mind
0: not well, even he was busy
1: okay if you're not going to be able to
0: watch over your kids, why bring them to a really crowded hockey game? Why bring them to Game 7, yeah. Especially because the daughter's relatively young. Dude, the son's only like 11 or 12. That uh, son's a little shit anyways. So. Like,
1: he's kind of a dick. He, dude, he burns his fucking dad and sister. When Constantly. She, when she says, he, uh, I'm going to tell dad. What's he going to do, change a light bulb? <laughs> he loves referencing how his dad is like sort of at the end of his rope. His dad... These kids know his dad smothered a child. It's a pretty bold move to talk shit about him. Well, I don't think he meant to kill that girl. Meant to or not, he smothers a child at the beginning of the movie. Then his own... Well, his son shits on him for not being able to work afterwards. How many years later was it?
0: Yeah, I don't really think they tell you that. There's not a lot of that... uh, There's not a lot of exposition in this movie. So, my... uh, Description, I liked yours. I think you're really, you're pretty accurate there. Uh, my description, ex-fireman, amateur chemist, once aspiring goaltender, master of impromptu weaponry, and fortunate bomb disarmer nearly blows game seven of the Stanley Cup after taking needless five-minute major. Arson investigator. We find out like 90 minutes in. So one of my big questions for you was, how excited were you when he suddenly turned into Kevin McAllister from Home Alone?
1: Oh, dude. So that made me immediately think how the fuck did he do this in a period and a half of hockey because he starts like he starts pretty late yeah like literally in the past the middle of the second period he starts to find the bombs
0: and you know like you're in the bowels of this stadium searching for things that you have no clue where they are
1: not only does he find bombs and disarm them he as you alluded to crafts a fire extinguisher that shoots a nail through a hose out of his sleeve. Yep. He kills like four to five people. He leaves his children a bunch. Uh, it was the the time scale in this was terrifying.
0: So, I think you got to hear this user review I dug up from IMDb. I looked through a lot of them to find one that was I think ridiculous enough to be on the show. So This comes from IMDb user UACW. They say Jean-Claude has a habit of calling up all the reviewers of his masterpieces apologizing for making yet another abysmal turkey. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't find anything about that in my research. And promising that the next movie will finally be great. I'm sure glad he doesn't have my phone number. This one is so brain-dead and so over-the-top with gore and violence, it's not funny. And the premise is almost worse. Here's the kicker. This is my favorite part of this review. Seeing Ross Malinger, that's the son in this travesty makes you want to get him to scream out i liked my daddy in sleepless in seattle better <laughs> that's such a 90s line super hard
1: hitting fucking ross mallinger i'm upset i know that kid's name. i like
0: that he presumes that as a user reviewer on imdb he fucking van Dam might again. have his number too
1: I will say this. First of all, this movie is thoroughly entertaining. It's awesome. If you like action movies, just watch it. It's great. But uh, Powers Booth, the bad guy in this, what's his character name?
0: Joshua Foss.
1: Didn't even know he had a character. Literally didn't know he had a name. But Powers Booth is in this, and he is a real fucking bad guy. He doesn't fuck around. He just kills people. He kills Old people, tries to kill children. Kills the mayor's wife. Kills the mayor's wife. Shoots the old chef. Like, yeah, he just dude. fucking murders people.
0: They did the poor chef and his wife pretty raw in this, in this movie.
1: God, yeah, I didn't expect that, but he's a he's a legit fucking bad guy. He doesn't, like, he's not one of those bad guys that just starts
0: telling you his plan and you escape. No, he fucking murders No, like, he, he, he doesn't lie. He's not like Etta Harris in... <clears throat> In The Rock, where he's like, oh, well, they called our bluff. No, he he just goes ahead and shoots hostages at the end of every period.
1: That's a good analogy. Yep.
0: Uh, of the Die Hard clones, <clears throat> so like Under Siege, Die Hard on a ship, Passenger 57, Die Hard on a plane. So you're saying anything where a terrorist takes over... Essentially where you put this guy in a situation where he's outnumbered, and he's really shouldn't win.
1: Yeah, but Seagal was a Navy SEAL chef, so he should definitely have won. That's the thing is, you never find out... Like, I was expecting... Uh, there to be some background this Belgian on Belgian Van some did, sort of like, aside
0: from play hockey growing up. Yeah, like... Some because sp-
1: that comes into play. French-Canadian special forces training, if that's even a fucking thing. But no, he's just a firefighter that has heroic tendencies.
0: They also put Speed on this list and called it Die Hard on a Bus. Um, I think these are all good movies. Um, I don't think it's particularly... It's probably better than Passenger 57, but I'd be pretty hard-pressed to say it's better than Speed or Under Siege. Because Under Siege, as much as I hate Seagal, was pretty awesome.
1: I guess I'm just a sucker for that kind of plot then, because I like all those movies. Well, you
0: know, that's like action movies in general. You find a plot, and you just roll with it. I mean, how many movies did we get where the guy was, an ex-Special Forces guy, and then he's going to shoot a giant machine gun, he's going to kill a whole army of rebels?
1: Can't name one. Commando how about in predator at least there's an alien behind it.
0: a sneaky alien twist a very sneaky alien. <clears throat> right
1: so that's that's the general plot a firefighter is john mcclain
0: one of my big gripes is why is it such a big a deal that the vice president president got kidnapped and at one point he goes i didn't even i voted for you it's like no you didn't you voted for the president who votes for the vice president so is powers booth a secret service agent i think it's it's uh Strongly implied he was part of the CIA and the financial crimes division or whatever, because he knows where all this money is just laying.
1: Aren't the CIA like really good spies?
0: Movie CIAs, I get the sense, are, but I'm not sure what the hell real CIA agents do.
1: Here's a question. If you are in the CIA, do you think maybe you have a better disguise at the end of the movie than William H. Macy from Boogie
0: Nights? Dude, his disguise at the end, mustachioed Joshua Foss. Blonde, mustachioed Powers Booth. Just wearing a penguins jacket. Is fucking
1: hilarious.
0: It's the worst disguise imaginable. It just turns into a comedy. Also, like you've mapped this whole thing out. I have the same issue with the way they like shuttle the vice president out of the stadium. Why is he being taken through the general crowd area?
1: That's another point where Van
0: Damme leaves his fucking kid. Yeah, he just leaves her. He leaves his son
1: and daughter daughter gets taken he finds his son leaves him there again rescues his daughter and son (laughs) yeah in the middle of crowded a crowd of people his daughter just saunters away after he rescued her and powers booth takes her again they go to the fucking roof he leaves her again to get on the helicopter
0: what was the deal with the trap door in that area where she fell and yeah, him like in the there's great. a button. There's a trap. It's like a murder trap. I don't. He's a terrible father. I will ask you this: When has getting in a helicopter, like having a helicopter sort of come to get you and you climbing the ladder for the escape, ever worked for a bad guy? Great question. I don't it think did it work works. for the Joker and Batman. I'll tell you that much. I don't think it's ever it works. almost inevitably ends poorly.
1: Yeah. How about um, there's got to be especially at the escape. end of a movie. Like if it's the end of the movie, it's just not going to work.
0: Yeah, no way. Do you have
1: a... So on the uh, line of thinking that they just thought sudden death is a good term, let's make a movie out of it. Can you think of any other sports terms you'd make a movie out of?
0: Well, I'm curious why this didn't get a sequel. Double OT, Shootout.
1: Oh, Nice. Right,
0: Shootout. Sudden death
1: shootout. Solid.
0: Boom. Right there. Right there. You've got next time he takes over the Olympics.
1: Turnover. It's a football player with a passion for baking, and he has to decide whether to be a baker or a football player.
0: Okay. I think I'd see that.
1: Charging. It's a basketball player that has a passion for charging his wireless devices and has to decide if he wants to become a wireless device charger or a basketball player.
0: Doesn't sound as interesting as turnover, but go on. Icing. It's a hockey player
1: who likes to frost cakes, and he has to decide whether or not he wants to frost cakes. What's his it. true passion? Uh huh. Yeah. There's a real theme to these, but um,
0: yeah, there you
1: go. I fucking nailed the segment. What was that segment called?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Title me this. Title me this. Fucking nailed it.
0: Right cross. Again, I just. Boxer want to point is out. a boxer. Decides he wants to become a man of the cloth. R I T E cross. <laughs> boom nailed it
1: <laughs> nailed it that'll be the log line
0: <laughs> oh oh boy
1: <laughs> oh shit oh, Uh i just want to point out that this movie once again started with van damme smothering a child so here's a couple of things i want to ask you uh
0: obviously i said why did uh, powers booth use an egg timer to blow up a penguin I think that was to show you the stakes, <laughs> <laughs> although uh, just just for the record, they don't have any penguin bombs. I didn't in the yeah, movie. <laughs> so yeah, like
1: when they introduce Power's Booth as the bad guy, there's a bunch of bad guys in this bad. they're all guy just area. like standing around. yep, like loading guns. There's a stuffed penguin, and all of a sudden Powers Booth, everybody stops, sets an egg timer to five minutes. Everybody clears out, the egg timer goes off. And the penguin blows up, but not like bad. It blows up like there's an M eighty inside of it.
0: Yeah, like if you put that in the stadium, you might have like a mark. No one would notice. It yeah. yeah.
1: It might burn someone's
0: foot. Yeah. <laughs> but I I had no that made no sense to me at all. No. I think it was just, oh, these guys have explosives too. They're just showing he's a bad guy. Okay. So how disappointed you were off. you that terrorist Bono didn't have an Irish accent? Did you catch that guy? Which one was Terrorist Bono? The guy that they hit the car. The like guys that are going to go work at the game and they rear-end them and they get out. And he's got the earrings and oh, sunglasses. Yeah.
1: Terrorist Bono. I just
0: expected him to be like, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> I had
1: a musical terrorist too. The guy that's monitoring the bank accounts, the bald guy, I put lead singer of Disturbed Terrorist. That's, that's
0: Fred Durst now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so... Luke Robitaille, who's in the locker room, he was a real Penguins player, a real hockey player.
1: That seemed like a pretty risky move by him to just take his son into a locker room with a bunch of men changing.
0: I know, because especially one of the central moments of that is there's just a naked guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to take my 12-year-old son into a men's locker room. It just seems like a really bad Without, idea. Without, like, forewarning. I don't know when I was comfortable seeing a bunch of grown dicks. But I think even like my first foray into a locker room when I was like 14 or 15, I was like, oh,
0: God. This sounds like you're going to start telling me about how in middle school you had a dick drawing obsession and then somebody <laughs> found your lunchbox. Working and, on
1: this real veiny bastard. Yeah.
0: A better sports moment. The improbable Van Dam save, as we said, he he suits up. Are we there already? Well, I, I really like that moment.
1: Okay. I got a lot of questions.
0: I uh, have many questions. Speaking about
1: of it. my problem with how there's no time for him to do any of this. He gets a guy who's unconscious, takes out of his goalie uniform, puts it on himself, takes it off, and then gets back in his own clothes. In I didn't play hockey, you did, how long do you think that would actually take
0: all the ludicrous moments like of like, okay, well, he's got forty-five minutes of game clock and fifteen minutes of in-between periods to find these bums. The, ta- the removing of the pads, the suiting up and the removing of the pads in that quick of a time span, especially like when he's taking them off, he's trying to, these terrorists have found him. And like it goes from him locking the door to him lacing up his shoes and he's back in full fire mid-gear. It's it, ridiculous. Like in 30 seconds ran off the clock. It would take you at least 35.
1: Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember putting like football pads on, which are not nearly the amount of pads that hockey goalies wear putting football pads on having to shit during practice coming in to take those off it's at least a 20 or 30 minute affair
0: even if you're a seasoned player you've played for a long time you've gotten used to that uh it's going to take you a while and this guy hasn't played hockey in i don't know 20 years i can't imagine taking
1: pads off of some passed out guy either that's got to take even longer
0: dad that would not be fun In fact, I don't know how he would do it. The guy's dead weight. He's sitting on a table getting oxygen. So
1: there's this scene that we're describing here where Van Damme's running from these two thugs in the arena. The goalie got sick, so he's laying down with, like, oxygen on his face. The only way for Van Damme to get out of there without them recognizing him, he puts the goalie's hockey pads on, skates out onto the fucking ice, and decides to play goalie. For the Penguins, and he makes a save,
0: makes an incredible glove save.
1: Now, here's what killed me. Again, love the movie, highly recommend watching it. But here's what killed me. He and they do set up that he used to play hockey, and that he's thank God he's at least foreign. He's not Belgian, but he's French Canadian in the movie.
0: Yeah, he speaks French. French.
1: Which kind of explains his Belgian accent. So he is playing goalie. Doesn't explain his name. What's his name? Darren McCord. God damn it. He's playing goalie with teammates who you would think would be able to recognize that he's just not that goalie. He's not the
0: same guy. what he's discernibly smaller.
1: The coach doesn't recognize him. The other team doesn't
0: recognize... Nobody recognizes this guy.
1: Except the bad guy. <laughs> from, the acro- from across dog, the ice rink. From 150 feet away, through a pane of glass recognizes not even making eye contact with him that that's van Dam.
0: uh yeah that he'd seen van Dam one time in his life so on, this is gonna blow your mind he made that save what do you mean so i have a lot of i don't want to spoil all the true don't false, spoil but it but that really bothered me that what do you mean he made the save? like he was in the pads they told this guy who was like a crack shot just put it in his freaking glove that's all you have to do just hit the glove and they had Van Damme roll like fall to the side with the glove in the air, and the guy shot it into his glove. That's not making a save. That's getting your
1: hand hit with a puck.
0: All right. Well, he was in the suit. Great. So, <clears throat>
1: yeah, that was that was really upsetting. Again, I want to stress: his son's an asshole. Squirts his sister with a squirt gun so much she runs away and gets kidnapped.
0: Speaking of which, no way he gets that squirt gun into the arena anymore. Well, nowadays, no way. Yeah not nowadays uh guy probably my favorite guy in the whole movie who who yells at the guy to sit down at oh, hallmark that's awesome. he's got his face painted
1: i didn't pay to see you the best uh did you immediately think and this is just my dumb brain as soon as the daughter came out to see van dam at the beginning when he goes to his ex-wife's house i'm like oh
0: it's the girl from little miss sunshine no, because she wasn't born yet. <laughs>
1: Again, I'm an asshole, and I, in my mind was like, oh, that's weird. She just Maybe she has a weird condition where she doesn't age, but I'll refer to her as not the girl from Little Miss Sunshine from here on
0: out. So really the crux of the movie is he's going to disarm the bombs, but he's got to get his daughter back. Of course he becomes Kevin McAllister and begins making all these crazy <laughs> contraptions. Uh, but throughout it, Powers Booth is probably the highlight of the film. He's pretty great. He is pretty great. So I got a whole bunch of his lines, and I want to know which one you think is the best. What he says to the the Secret Service agent, "Dead heroes get the best funerals." Solid. Uh, what do I want? World peace. What do I want? Question. World peace, an end to bigotry, and no more mini malls. Nope. Objective. I get funny all over when you talk like that.
1: You're reading his worst lines. His best line is when the, I love that line. Is when the chick says. Nobody in a $10,000 watch, and he goes, it's a $15,000
0: watch. Good line. I'm not the one paying some Neanderthal $40 million to skate up and down a slab of ice.
1: Yeah, what hockey player is making $40 million a year?
0: Well, not a year. It'd be like over the lifetime of a contract. Nobody makes remotely that close in the NHL. Uh, Life's just a shitbox of irony.
1: That's solid. (laughs) How about a, a... It's a trick question. The best line comes from the announcer when he yells... Get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll.
0: Uh, and that's Mike Lang, who he's doing okay. He but put he, on more moves than Mae West. He did. He did miss all of the playoffs. I was listening to the home game today. He did not announce. Sort of bummed, but he did. Uh, he crushed it. In appear this movie. at the intermission. He's the man. Crushed it. In this uh, movie. And one of our one of our true false segments will be which one of these lines is not a real Mike Lang line. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so. Here's the one I really liked. I wonder who gets the cup if I blow up the building before the game is over. That's pretty solid. He was great. It's a good question. He's a real sleaze. He does just kill people indiscriminately. He, I thought he was a dynamite 90s action movie bad guy. Here's a line that got me. When Powers Booth is
1: interrogating the little girl, he says, uh, Who are you here with?
0: And she says, My daddy, and he's a boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great line so a couple of things when the girl gets brought up to the box by the mascot the mascot shoots a man point blank in the head yep she then shoots him again and he groans
1: what the hell happened there it was two shots literally from the... and he's like
0: oh <laughs> it's like wait he was
1: dead <laughs> don't don't question it was
0: just you know an after death moan and my other big series is the best fight Slash kill of the film. Let's do it. Uh, throwdown with the mascot, which is just a Donnie Back do you, and forth through the kitchen area. Did you say a Donnie? Chick's hand gets stuck in a fryer. It's a it's a throwdown. They
1: literally use like every piece of that kitchen for the fight. Every piece. The it's fryer, fantastic. the meat slicer. But I got real pissed. the, the vent all, fan. Okay, that's what pissed me off. If the if they're wearing a giant mascot head. What does lifting the f- giant foam head up into a vent fan accomplish? When
0: you're in a fight for your life against Iceberg, terrorist Iceberg, not the benevolent, friendly Iceberg who throws free t-shirts to people, you've just got to you've got to do what you got to do. I love that he dumped cayenne pepper into the penguin's into eyes. Into penguin's mouth, yeah. which
1: was her eyes. It was fucking hilarious. Uh,
0: the chicken bone kill.
1: Oh, so good. First of all, I couldn't figure out what he was torturing that guy on, and then I realized I think it's dry ice. Yep, just shoving so. his face on dry ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Threatened to rip his ear off by sticking it to dry ice, and then kills him with a chicken bone.
0: The ana- the elaborate nail shooting rig kill, pretty solid. <laughs> that he only had one nail though. I don't think that would have killed the guy. One it's nail. It's like getting a dart in the neck.
1: Wouldn't kill the guy. Yeah, and then immediately, what I thought was, as soon as that happens, another guy's going to pull a gun on him, which happens.
0: Roasted hallmark. Oh
1: God, I didn't expect him to come back. Okay, so he takes the super soaker gun that his kid had, and it's not a real size super soaker. It's, like, almost a keychain size super soaker. Yeah, it's a smaller one. He fills it with lighter fluid, and then he has a Zippo. Now, from what I remember, the super soakers that are that small shoot, like, one little line of water. They don't, like, spray a bunch of water. This motherfucker shoots the lighter fluid from that gun onto a Zippo, and it looks like a flamethrower. Oh, it's intense. It's insane. It looks like someone dropped a nuclear bomb, the amount of explosion it causes. But yeah, he lights Hallmark on fire. It's pretty great.
0: And then Hallmark's somehow comes back after being like Oh, c- spoiler com- alert. Completely on fire.
1: First of all, spoiler alert. Hallmark comes back, but Hallmark is also He's a bad guy.
0: Yeah, he's a turncoat. So that's sort of one of the you know, unlike the guy who's just a, a dig bat in Die Hard, he's kind of an asshole. The guy that he does coke? thinks Carl Winslow is wrong about everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, what are their uh, names?
1: The The Johnsons?
0: Well, just like Saigon, a <laughs> Slick? I was in high school, dickhead. <laughs> you know, those guys are actually good guys.
1: Yeah. I, I did like that twist that uh, Hallmark was a bad guy. And it yeah. it happens pretty early.
0: I mean, this movie is so much like Die Hard, aside from that twist. They even like start to send in a SWAT team, and then a guy starts blowing shit up around them, and they have to retreat. But it's like the exact same movie. Isn't the the only civilian that Hans Gruber killed was that guy that did
1: coke, right?
0: I thought he killed a couple... Well, he killed uh, not the Mr. Takagi.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Booth was a little bit more evil, though. Booth
0: was much more of a sociopath old than Gruber. Because I, it wasn't even really about the money for him, I don't think. It was more like, hey, I can take this. Yeah. It was a powers play. Again, power play. Powers play. Oh, there's, power play. There's another sequel.
1: Right fucking there. Nailed it. Yeah, I like the uh, dry ice torture scene that turns into a chicken
0: bone kill. That was the, my
1: favorite fight.
0: Uh, Civic Arena rooftop tumble slash spotlight dangle to scoreboard light show. So that was... I- I actually liked
1: it. It all looked practical when he's, like, up on the fucking arena. Well, they filmed it at the arena. When he threw the dude onto the dome and he slid off, it didn't look cheesy.
0: Like No. It looked legit. And part of the appeal of the Civic Arena was it was one of the only arenas in the league that opened. Like, had a retractable roof. I was thinking
1: in my head, why the fuck does a hockey rink need to have an open
0: dome? But, well... And then, of course, room. mustachioed Powers Booth crashing into the arena in the helicopter. Dude, when he put that fucking disguise on. So the helicopter looked bad. Well, they did. They had a rig that was a crane that would lower the helicopter up and no, down. No, no.
1: Like, the, the last shot of it hitting the ice was cool. That yeah. was practical. But a lot of it. But the
0: one where it's literally straight up and down. And the blades are barely moving. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that th- was, that's because they're gently lowering this helicopter. That That was pretty bad special effects. So, I will say, I I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think it's fantastic. I could be partial, though, because it involves the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, no, it was great. I definitely...
1: Of the movies we've done, I don't regret having to pay to see this one. It was awesome.
0: So, I will... We're gonna leave it there. We're gonna come back. I did I got some great Oh, we're not gonna leave it there. I have a few things I want to oh, talk about. Well, this, well let's do it then. <clears throat> okay.
1: So here's here's something that really stood out to me as an artistic choice. When he threatens to kill somebody every period, after he shoots some random woman, then shoots the mayor's wife, he gets a detonator and it looks like he's gonna like, blow up one of the bombs in the building. Yes. Fucking psych. It's a lighter. He has a fake detonator lighter.
0: Does he just carry that around? That is, like, some supreme terrorist all-star stuff. Like
1: You gotta have that specially made for this very specific Not only occasion. do I have
0: this real detonator, but <laughs> I had this fake detonator made so I can smoke in this extremely confined space <laughs> to rub it all in your noses.
1: One of, uh, another another scene that was fantastic that if it was practical i feel bad for all the stunt people was when they're chasing van damme through the crowd um, of everybody sitting in their seats just very
0: convenient that there was a path for him to run where there were no people in the seats. oh no
1: he's just like running on people like hitting them in the head and shit that seemed like the path of most resistance to take could you imagine running down an entire stadium of people? Well, they
0: had they had to get ten thousand extras for this movie. Not now, surprised. they weren't all working at the same time, but over the span of filming, there was ten thousand different extras to fill crowd space in the film.
1: I think that might be all I have. Let's give this one more gander.
0: Yeah, good to go. All right. So uh, when we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back, and it's Am I Full of Shit or Not? I, the thunderous wizard. Well, test the irate lover. A.K.A. Terrorist Iceberg, on uh, facts I found about this spectacular movie. See
1: if I can keep my record of uh, batting a 1,000 I
0: I think you're going to have a tough time with this one. Fuck you. So we're back on Hops and Box Office Flops, the Sudden Death Edition, uh, brought to you by revengeofthefans.com. And this is Am I Full of Shit or Not? I will say, if you are interested in some of these facts... Uh, There's a great oral history of sudden death that the hockey news did. I'll actually link to that on our Twitter at hops and BO flops as part of the tidbits and facts from the episode and the thread I have after this episode goes live.
1: Oh, I thought of another sports movie sports, uh, name where it could just become a movie. Okay. Face
0: off. Hear me out. (laughs) I feel like I've seen this before. (laughs) All right. Let's see if you're full of shit. Uh, Number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis were considered for the role of Darren McCord, but all three turned it down. True. That is true. Yes. Arnold had just uh, filmed True Lies and Twins, or not Twins, and Junior. Ugh, Junior. Damn. Not my favorite. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, I forget what he was working on, but he was busy. Maybe it was Demolition Man. And Bruce Willis was currently filming Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Might have seemed a little redundant to do this one nonsense
1: he should have that was a poor choice he should have done this
0: so James Woods was originally considered for the role of Joshua Foss later played by Powers Booth but he turned it down because the part he didn't like the direction of the character false true damn it that is true James Woods hold on do you think the
1: Die Hard franchise would have been better or worse if Van Dam
0: was the star instead it almost of- certainly would have been worse Only because, not that I dislike Van Damme, but the part of John McClane requires a certain bit of acting skill. Like, John McClane has a very sarcastic wit. I don't think Van Damme pulls that off the same way.
1: Well, I guess we'll just agree to disagree.
0: (laughs) Uh, This movie, as we discussed, based on a story by Karen Elise Baldwin, the wife of then Pittsburgh Penguin owner Howard Baldwin. He co-produced. True. Uh, Karen was an acting class with Luke Robitaille in L.A. while he was with the Kings. False. True. God damn it. All right, I'm due. Because the Baldwins owned the team, much of the game footage slash crowd reactions were shot during an October 1st, 1994 home game against the Hawks. True? False.
1: I hate you so much. That was
0: the plan, but the 94-95 season was the strike-shortened season, uh, so that particular game was never played.
1: All right, next. I
0: got this. You got this. All right. They eventually got the footage after the strike ended, and conveniently enough, it was the Hawks they played. False? False. Yes. To get some hockey and crowd footage, the Pittsburgh Penguins played an exhibition game against their minor league affiliate, the Cleveland Lumberjacks. I knew it. The Lumberjacks just wore Blackhawks uniforms. All right. Brad Tolliver was played by Jay Caulfield, who actually played for the Penguins in the 80s and 90s.
1: Which one was Tolliver? The
0: goalie? He's the goalie. True. True. That is true. Uh, Caulfield was with the Pens for five seasons, played right wing, and even won the Stanley Cup in '92. Uh, Van Dam was apparently very intimidated by his muscular frame, and he was much larger than Van Dam. False. No, true. What do you mean true? Like Van Dam didn't want was like upset that he was going to be shirtless in the film because he was so muscular.
1: No. Yes. Van Damme's you know, five two one thirty six. Just pure steel. I don't know why he'd be intimidated by a hockey player. I think
0: you're way underselling Van Damme. Did
1: you see Ovechkin kill that guy, by the way?
0: Yeah, not good.
1: Ovechkin's a big boy, huh?
0: Ovechkin has a spare tire. <laughs> he probably had 50 pounds on that kid. It was a stupid thing for that kid Why would
1: do. you pick a fight with him? It'd be like Van Damme picking a fight with these. Yeah, never pick a guy who team. already
0: has no teeth. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh... Because of its casual nature, most felt the mock game between the Penguins and Lumberjacks wouldn't pass for the Stanley Cup final. So another scrimmage was staged in January 1995 using two ECHL teams, the Wheeling Thunderbirds and the Johnstown Chiefs. There was a lot of hockey in this. I'll say yeah. True. Now the footage from that contest is what you predominantly see in the movie. Gotcha. So how many real Penguins players? Is that true or
1: false? Oh, false. False.
0: No, it is false. Yeah, they didn't use the footage from this second game. Figured. So much dick. of what they used in Sudden Death was actually uh, utilized the talents of numerous local area hockey players. Most of the close-up or distance shot, as well as key goals, saves, body checks. They were all performed by, like, ex-college guys or ex-pro players and sometimes in beer league players. So was robotai the only penguin? robotai was the only uh, real player aside from Jay Caulfield The rest were like minor league guys Wearing actual Penguins players jerseys So you see like Yarmir Yager You see Ken Reggett See Ronnie Francis But they Lemieux. were all played by Lemieux was not in the movie Gotcha But they were all played by fake guys Did the NHL have to license their shit for this? Uh, yeah Huh. But they own the team So I think that probably helped with facilitating that Good choice uh, Most of these guys were paid $125 a night uh, Upwards of 12 hour shifts and they were on call for over a four-month span. Pretty crazy. It took four months to shoot the hockey scenes? Yeah. According to one of the extras, this is now true or false, there were about 15 to 20 hockey players there per night. There was a snack table. We'd come off the ice, and we would sit together. If Van Damme came over, his assistant would tell us all to move 10 feet away from the table.
1: I don't think he's that much of a dick. False. True. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so back to Van Damme's improbable glove save.
1: So was this like the peak of Van Damme? So this was like after Double Impact, Bloodsport, obviously. After Universal Soldier.
0: I would, I think this is probably his most competently made movie, yeah.
1: Oh, no, Hard Target.
0: Hard Target's good. That's a John Woo movie. That's
1: his most competently made movie.
0: Time That's, Cop I like too, so. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen that in a long yeah, time. Yeah,
1: I've seen it recently. Don't. Don't. Don't stand up for Are that. Are you sure? You might want to edit that out of the podcast. Time cap. Hard Target's his best. Shods. Can we do that? I, I love that movie. Boudreaux. <laughs> I Lance I love that movie.
0: It's great. It's, uh, that movie is essentially, what was that awful version of it? Surviving the game. Did John Woo direct that? Yeah, John Woo did Hard Target. He did Face Off, Hard Target. Oh, uh, broken, broken Broken Arrow. arrow. Uh, Mission Mr. Impossible first? 2 Oh yeah His his movies uh, His Chinese movies are far superior To the ones he made in America Like hard boiled Just better movies Not that like I mean Face Off's pretty entertaining I need you to be obviously. a little less Chinese nationalist on this podcast <laughs> So Van Damme's improbable save It was his idea He thought it would be a clever way for him to avoid The terrorists who were pursuing him Van Damme was a natural skater so it worked out perfectly i don't know which
1: part of that's false but i'm gonna say he was an, an unnatural skater false
0: it's all false yeah the origin of that idea was from a story karen and her husband developed called red line this is great because this fits into actually our fake sports movies <laughs> about a soviet goaltender who is yes. able to defect because he's wearing his mask <laughs> <laughs> that project never happened no so they used it here uh, also, Van Dam hated wearing skates and insisted on wearing his tennis shoes in the scene, so they had to teach him how to shuffle along the ice like he was wearing skates in his tennis shoes. Oh my... I will say
1: this. My first thought was, you know what? He's flexible as fuck. He could probably do the butterfly.
0: Exactly. But all they did was shoot a puck into his glove. Yeah. Uh, to make the arena appear full, they sprinkled 10,000 cardboard cutouts of people among the extras.
1: If they did I didn't notice so that's pretty sweet. Also, they did. Wow. Yeah. Definitely not the people he had to run over.
0: Uh there is in fact a novelization of this film? False. 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 The audio version of which is narrated by powers booth. False. False. True.
1: What? We got to find this audiobook. Okay, that's our next podcast. I would
0: love to listen to powers booth. How did you read, not like take death?
1: excerpts from that and like splice them in between our nonsense? Yeah. You're that, that producer.
0: is incredibly awesome. All right, here's our last one. So Mike Lang, he's very famous for his exuberance and uh, incredibly inventive calls when people score goals. God, he was
1: awesome in this.
0: Uh, so which of these is not a real Mike Lang call? He's smiling like a butcher's dog. Somebody call Van Dam. Phil Kessel just hijacked the arena. Buy Sam a drink and get his dog one, too. <laughs> get in the fast lane, grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. Let's go hunt Moose on a Harley and call Arnold Slick from Turtle Creek. Now that's actually Creek, but uh Pittsburgh, Pittsburghese uh they pronounce it Crick.
1: With a Phil Kessel line.
0: Yeah, I made that up. Yeah, of course you did. I actually you submitted it Kessel. to a contest a contest to be Mike Lang's new goal call. It didn't get picked. It would be like, you know, somebody called Van Damme and then whoever scored, you insert that player's Hold name. Hold on. You submitted that
1: in a competition?
0: Yeah, it did not get picked.
1: For Mike Lang to actually say it.
0: How awesome would that be? It's a callback to the greatest movie ever made in a Pittsburgh arena. Dude, you're so much better than that. I love that line. I think, you know, hey, if you're listening, Mike, give it a chance. Don't that's what I'm saying give it a chance. If you're listening, Mike,
1: that's a it's a bold assumption.
0: All right, so when we come back, our third segment, we're going to recast this film with all Game of Thrones characters, not actors, characters. Yes. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Just a heads up, Game of Thrones spoilers ahead. So we're back on Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by revengeofthefans.com, and we are going to recast Sudden Death with all Game of Thrones characters. Now, last week we did it with all Oscar winners. This week... We're taking hockey to the times of swords and stones. The times? I think it's
1: just another world.
0: Yeah, it is. And dragons. Who do you, maybe, maybe Terrorist Iceberg is one of the dragons. Who knows?
1: The, yeah, the mascot's absolutely a white walker.
0: So, first off, I'll start. Darren McCord, played by, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I went with Jon Snow. McCord is a man of principle. And Snow's the perfect Westeros counterpart to that. These guys are straight edge. They fight for what's right. Okay, I went with Jamie Lannister. I think
1: he has heroic tendencies. He'll push Jamie's the gonna pain. be a big hero. I feel like he could, uh, he could have that one doctor that brought the mountain back to life. Use his ingenuity to make the Quibird. to to make the uh, fire extinguisher nail shooter device for him.
0: You know, that that could be, you know, like you're in the King's Keep where they keep the dragon heads. And he's like, hey, man, there's some bombs down here. Cersei put some bombs down here. I need your help. I need a fire extinguisher. And he lives down there, so that makes sense. Yeah, I like Lannister as that guy, as McCord. Okay, Joshua Foss, Powers Booth. I chose Ramsey Bolton. Same fucking page. I'm not even really sure what he was after. And he's
1: just a sicko, so Dude, he's the best villain. I hated him so much. I could
0: easily see him after they've castrated somebody eating a hot dog and like he's just totally serious about
1: it. Yeah, Ramsey's a piece of shit. He could definitely be Powers Booth or the only the other guy I thought was um who's the uh, the guy that he had the witch burn his daughter?
0: Oh, that's Stannis.
1: Stannis Baratheon. I think he, he could have been Powers Booth too, but I went with Ramsey, yeah. Yeah,
0: Ramsey Bolton. Okay, yeah. Hallmark, played by Dorian Harwood. I chose Peter Baelish. Guy's a snake. You can't be trusted. He's playing both sides. He's lying to kids. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, Peter Baelish.
1: Oh, Baelish.
0: And of course, just like Peter Baelish, spoiler alert, he gets his just desserts.
1: That's a good one. You know what? How about um how about that Dickless motherfucker, <laughs> the Unsullied guy?
0: Who uh Grey Worm?
1: Yeah, I'll make Grey Worm that guy. But
0: he's like a you know, he's like a decent guy. I know, I trust I
1: trusted Hallmark. That's why Hallmark pulled it off for me. I was like, This guy gets it and I would trust that Grey Worm was a good guy, but you know
0: I he'd... also thought Bron might be a good Bruns, you know, he's, right a, he's a mercenary. He does. Sure. Who's ever got the gold? Who's ever got the coin? Yeah, I'm not saying Grey a bad you.
1: a bad guy. I'm just saying in that role, you need someone you kind of trust. I don't trust Bronn at all. No, you can't trust Love Bronn Bronn's as far as you can them. throw him.
0: Great character, but you can't trust him.
1: Best line in, the, in Season 8, Episode 1. Which one has Pox? That girl's going to die of Pox. Which girl? <laughs> Which one? Uh,
0: terrorist Iceberg. So not... My favorite mascot. I'm wearing an iceberg hat right now. Uh, if I would have worn this hat during games one, two, three, or four, maybe we wouldn't have gotten swept. And for those listeners, my lucky I'm, hat.
1: I'm wearing a John Claude Van Damme hat. So
0: it's him uh, doing the splits on the counter from Time Capsule. He's just doing underwear. the splits on my head. Yeah, it's a very elaborate hat. All right, so I guarantee we're
1: gonna have the same the same answer for this. So this is recasting the penguin. Let's just say it at the iceberg. same time. Ready? One, on two, three. three. Zombie Brilliant Mountain. Brian
0: of Tarth. What? <laughs> I chose Zombie Mountain. <laughs> What's Zombie Mountain? The mountain. Dead mummified oh, mountain. Dead mountain. <laughs> Who else could wreck that much shit in a friggin' stuffed penguin outfit? Brian of Tarth. That's good, because that lady was she easily had a foot and a half on her. She Panda, was a monster. Yeah. And that's without the She had a foot head. and a half on him, so she was at least five six. Yeah. Like she was she was a badass. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I accept your answer. She was too. probably his most effective like helper. Certainly wasn't Bono. No Fred Durst.
1: The best foil to Van Dam, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: There's no like main physical. Friggin' Fred Durst playing chocolate starfish when they're supposed
1: to be stealing funds. That guy was just getting down with the sickness. <laughs> All right. That's a disturbing. Is that all, <laughs> Is that all we're <coughs> recasting? Oh and no! You want to lastly
0: read? the McCord kids, the kids Emily and Tyler. So Whitney Wright and Ross Malinger, who apparently the IMDb reviewer really had a great respect for <laughs> Ross uh, Malinger. So I chose Iris Stark and Joffrey Baratheon because she's resourceful and he was just an asshole. That's a
1: good one. It'd be funny if the. If the kids were recast, it was uh, the Hound and the Mountain <laughs> brothers. All right. here's here's right. I'll, I'll take Arya. I think she could definitely play that girl. And then... Um, oh, she's totally that girl. I'll do Tyrion Lannister as the little boy. Oh, my
0: God. I am a nihilist. <laughs> That's a quote from Tiptoes, if you haven't seen that yet. What are you? I know what I am. I am a nihilist.
1: But he it would be Dinklage with cornrows as
0: Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, I forgot he had cornrows in that movie. Did you? Oh, my God. I have nightmares What a movie. It. Fantastic. I still see Gary Oldman sitting in my couch. Sometimes I walk into my living room, and I think Gary Oldman's sitting in my couch. With his Muppet legs just yeah. sloughed over the edge. What the hell are they thinking? That's... that's, that's All right, uh, so that was recasting the film with Game of Thrones characters. So we come back. We got Six Degrees, movie separation. So... I don't know who you've chosen, but we'll see. Mm. And then uh, we'll do a couple of recommendations, uh, see where we're at. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on Hops and Box Office Flops, six degrees of movie separation. Last week I bested your challenges three times. Nonsense. So what do you got for me? In honor of Game of Thrones and this film. Okay, Game of Thrones and this film.
1: I'm going to have you
0: do... Sean Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean. Okay. To Powers Booth, Sean Bean to Powers Booth, Sean Bean to Powers Booth. Okay,
1: two two great bad guys. We consider him Trevelyan in his
0: most famous. And well, he's also role. Uh, Boromir. He's Trevelyan. Boromir, is uh, bad, that, essentially. So, all right, Sean Bean to Powers Booth. Powers Booth to Sean Bean. Uh So, easy answer, right, is to go to... Is there an easy one? Well... If you get this in less than, Powers Booth is in Tombstone, so... I'm listening. So, you could go...
1: Oh, there are a shitload of characters.
0: Yeah, there are. You have to use Bokeem Woodbine, as always. Uh, But I think... So, I'm going Sean Bean to Powers Booth. What I want to do is get to uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan... Uh, because he's in Seraphin Falls with, <laughs> with Liam Neeson. So I just got to get to Liam Neeson, then what Brosnan, then then Bean. You? What is wrong with you? Seraphin Falls. So Powers Booth. Two, let's see. Why don't you give your recommendations while I think about this, and then I will. Let's see. Mold this um, over. I didn't. Did I give Barry yet? I don't think I. I think you. About that. Maybe you mentioned it. I've heard it's good, but I haven't watched it yet. It's
1: phenomenal. Um, if you have HBO, whatever version of HBO you have now, go or just the regular channel, watch Barry. Strongly recommend it. Pretty short episodes. Everything's like thirty minutes. Um, it is so fucking funny, and there's some pretty tense moments too. But it's so fucking... There's like laugh-out-loud funny moments where you might have to pause it. A uh, strong recommendation for Barry. I binge that, and uh new season of Veep's out, of course. I also just got into... Uh, finally finished up Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I got it. it. Does it include Liam Neeson?
0: No. I. This was really easy. It's just uh, Powers Booth to uh, Elijah Wood in Sin City. Elijah Wood to Sean Bean in Lord of the Rings
1: Oh wow That yeah. was easy
0: So you can give me another one if you want And then you can continue recommending Alright
1: let's do See here's what sucks If I give you Van Damme you get Expendables
0: I won't use the Expendables Because I actually could have went from Sean Bean to Harrison Ford In Patriot Games And then use the Expendables there I'll, I won't i will use the Expendables Alright the girl from Little Miss Sunshine Oh, I don't know anything with her. <laughs> the, wait, the real girl? Yeah. Or this one? Not the not this one. The real girl. Because I don't girl... think she did anything really ever after this. Like no, any... the real girl right. from Little. It's just themes from our podcast. Abigail Breslin.
1: The real girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. To Bono. To Bono.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you know a fucking movie he's actually been in? Yeah, he's in Across the Universe, which is the Beatles musical. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> well it's a musical featuring all Beatles music But it has actual actors in it Is it a documentary? No So he's like this guy that He sings Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds He's part of this like traveling band of Just you know hippies I forget what his character name is But yeah he's in that So Bono I guess I would go to Evan Rachel Wood From there Wait who am I connecting Bono to? The girl from To, to Abigail Sunshine? Breslin
1: Abigail Breslin
0: So, and Rachel Wood, I feel like she's in something with, well, all right, so go ahead and and, uh, recommend and I'll think about it, because I think I can get to it. Uh, I'll just plug another podcast I listen
1: to religiously. It is uh, NFL Draft Season, and this is actually a really good one right now or year-round if you're a fan of football and you kind of want the insider's take on things. Podcast called Move the Sticks. It features a gentleman named Daniel Jeremiah and another gentleman named Bucky Brooks. They both have uh, scouting experience, and uh, Bucky actually played in the NFL for I think two or three teams. But they uh, they don't just you know yell at each other like most fucking asshats on ESPN do. It's not like Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. They actually share some insightful stories and. Break down players and teams and games on a level that uh, will actually make you a more knowledgeable fan. So, strong recognition. Wait, who am I
0: doing it? Abigail Breslin. To who? Uh, Why did I forget that? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Bono. (laughs) To Bono. Okay, yes, to Bono. There's no way you do this. Uh, Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. (laughs) I'll get it. Yeah, I'll get it for sure.
1: Are you because starting I'm, with Bono or starting with Hardy? Well,
0: I'm already, I'm thinking about stuff that I can get with Bono if I connect him to... Can uh, you
1: incorporate Barry Pepper somehow?
0: No, probably not. Bokeem Woodbine? No, definitely not. Well, I'm sure I could, but I'd have to think about it for far too long. But I'm, I'm thinking about... So we were, Jim Sturgis is the star of... We really have to rethink this segment for the podcast. Of what's it called? Of Across the Universe. So Bono to Jim Sturgis to... I'm just going to make sex noises when there's silence. What? No, you can't do that. <laughs> well, hurry up. To Andy Garcia in uh, Geostorm. You, uh-huh. We'll go Andy Garcia to Al Pacino oh. in The Godfather 3. You should go Van Damme in Time Cup. Oh, is Andy Garcia in Time I Cup? I don't know. No, he's not. <laughs> it's a guy that looks like him and has a beard. It's not quite Andy The guy Garcia? that meets himself and they morph together. So, Al Pacino. The guy that meets himself.
1: Is that a euphemism for masturbating? Oh, good God.
0: <laughs> oh, good God. Meets himself. Uh, so, we're at uh, Al Pacino. Uh, I don't even know. I'm getting to Abigail Breslin, right? I thought you were getting to Bono. Well, I went from Bono to Jim Sturgis to Andy Garcia to... So, Bono to Sturgis to Garcia. And I got to get to... You said García Pacino, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that would take me, I guess, to Oceans if I felt like it. Oceans 11, he's the casino owner. Or Oceans 13.
1: You have to use Scent of a Woman.
0: No. (laughs) Or
1: you use Chris O'Donnell again? Yes. Dude, in like five episodes, we're going to make this segment. You can only use movies that we've done or
0: actors from movies that we've done. Well that would make it considerably harder. So Andy Garcia. To name of your sex tape. Andy Garcia 2. I did Pacino, right? In The Godfather Three. So then Pacino 2. Goodness gracious.
1: What's Abigail Breslin been in besides uh Well, hey, you're the one
0: in. that talked shit and said you wanted a hard one. She's in the movie with Schwarzenegger and Maggie, so I could go to Arnold. But besides that. Uh besides that, she's in Zombieland.
1: Oh, You'd have to be able to get from Pacino to Harrelson easy
0: Yeah that's what I'm trying to think Yeah Dude
1: Pacino to Arnold Through the Expendables is easy too Bruce Willis Is in that fucking
0: movie Yeah but I said I wouldn't use the Expendables That's true only with Van Damme you can't So if if I went Breslin to Harrelson In Zombieland Yeah And then you go Harrelson to... get Harrelson to Pacino somehow. Harrelson 2. He was in the Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves. Does that help? Woody... Oh, wait. Uh, Al Pacino? (laughs) It's like Woody Harrelson's in that? I don't remember that guy being in there. Dude, if we could recast that and... The Devil's Advocate? Woody Harrelson has to play Al Pacino. I can't... Yeah. Oh, man. My brain's not working again today. This, this is perfect I don't, get, perfect for I don't get sleep. It's bad. It's bad. The penguins get swept. It's no good.
1: Abigail Breslin was in Little Miss Sunshine with Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear was in...
0: Oh, got it. So Breslin to Harrelson in uh, Zombieland. Harrelson to Kevin Costner in The Highwaymen. Kevin Costner to Andy Garcia in The Untouchables. So it just goes, you skip Al Pacino, you don't even need him. And then it goes Garcia to Jim Sturgis. Or no, wait, what was it? So, it was... <laughs> All right, so Bono to Sturgis the to Garcia noises. to Costner to Harrelson. Breslin.
1: Pancake, it's a movie about a football player that also likes making breakfast foods. Who also owns a chain of IHOPs. He owns a bed and breakfast and he has to figure out whether or
0: not he wants to. Pursue his passion. You know for what the him? sequel to that one is when it's when it, when he when he's got to wrestle with the decision of taking the IHOP to the IHOP. No. Does he want to be that guy when pancakes are his passion? What, pancake two, electric boogaloo? Damn it! Flipping this one for you, pancake two, extra syrup. <laughs> so. Uh, my recommendations uh you know just if you haven't watched game of thrones well we already spoiled some moments for you your you recommendations really, game of thrones you really should be watching that uh it's like the end of an era 17 million people tu- turned into the tuned into the uh premiere of that show there's almost no other show in the last 15 years that have had has had that massive of viewership because of the diversity of options for people to watch like 17 million it's astounding that that show got that many viewers. I have a recommendation. And It is on a premium channel.
1: The NFL draft coming up. Watch the best football movie ever made. The program should get you nice and hype for it.
0: Yeah, of, you watch the program where all of the players in the movie are not going to the NFL draft, except Bullshit. for the one that could have and he breaks Bullshit. his leg. Shit. We know Barnyarski's not going. Can't you don't tackle. think Darnell
1: Jefferson makes it pro? No way. You don't think fucking.
0: Joe Kane's a backup somewhere. Kane is a Yeah, in the what, is, what was the league that just folded? The A. Where's the one where the heavy set quarterback plays? He could play there. Arena football? Yeah. Did you just call Jay, Jared Lorenzen the heavy set quarterback? Yes. The Pillsbury throw boy? Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, so that's it. Uh, Feast mode? I did watch the the rest of the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, this is okay. It's up and down. But like
1: Kaminsky's definitely going pro left tackle. Dude, you're way off base. Here. The guy from ER? Latimer's not going to get tested in the league. He's going to be fine. He's not going pro.
0: He'll be out of the league within a year because definitely and worth somebody. will be special
1: teamers. Flea Ward. All right, you like, got nothing. You got to stop. Bobby Collins will be an assistant coach somewhere. You have to stop now. You know way too many players from this movie. Well, way too You know many. what we can't do on this podcast? The program because it wasn't a flop. Smash it, hit.
0: It was a flop, but you're a flop. I don't think it made any money. I don't think it was necessarily a super flop. Tim but it wasn't like Tim, Tim. He, he could go all the way with uh So what's the next? Oh, Mortal Combat Annihilation, not the decent Mortal Combat, the really terrible one with the uh, with the uh, event from American Gladiators. I don't think I. What was that called when they rolled around in the giant balls, and the smoke would come up when they got in the middle? They literally ride those in this movie to go between dimensions, even though, as we saw in the first movie, there's just like, you know, gates that you could use.
1: I am excited because I don't don't really remember any of this movie. I don't know if I've ever even seen it, but I love the first Mortal Kombat.
0: You're not going to love this one. You've been asking for a bad movie. Well, here it comes.
1: Well, what did the sudden death get on Rotten
0: Tomatoes? 51%. Okay. 30-something reviews, 51%. That's pretty, ac- I mean, for a Van Damme movie, You know movie, what? for that's like good. a Van Damme
1: action movie? Yeah. Hard Target's got to be his highest rated, right?
0: I'd have to look, but yeah, probably. If that's not in like Are the Are you 70s. sure it's not Time Cop? <sighs> yeah, I am. What about Nowhere to Run? That was a pretty good one. Was it? I remember liking it. Uh, uh. Now, Patrice I haven't Arquette. seen a lot of these movies in like 25 years. Lionheart. Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna not even Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Rosanna. Lionheart yeah. was solid. Death Warrant, underrated. Dude, Van Damme's got some good action flicks. He's got some good. flicks. But they're generally flicks. really poorly acted and not particularly good.
1: None of that's true. Oh, they're, it is.
0: They're all good if you just want to see an action flick.
1: And as far uh, as poor acting, uh, it's usually the other players, not Van Damme, that really... Can't hold his jack strap when it comes to delivering the lines in Belgium.
0: Have you ever seen Cyborg?
1: Yeah. I think I saw that way too young. I had nightmares about that girl having to hold the barbed wire while her family gets lowered down the well.
0: You know who the star of Cyborg 2 is? Angelina Jolie? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We should end on that. All right. So that's where we'll end. Uh, so I will say I'm doing reviews for every episode of Game of Thrones on RevengeOfTheFans.com. Uh, by the time this goes live, the first one's up. It's up now. So it'll be up when this goes live towards the end of the week. Uh, and then I write them right after the show Sunday nights. So it'll be up early Monday around then. So I like the first episode. B, plus. it's a setup episode, did what it had to do. Uh, but we're running out of time. So, you know, all the untrustworthy glances that were going on, we don't have time for that shit. Uh, they, they better figure things out or they're all going to die five more episodes left five episodes there's no time for messing around uh and uh like last week i said uh, if you're into action thrillers give my book a try i just went back through it uh it was a good experience just kind of seeing where i was at then as a writer it's 299 masterless warrior you can find the link to it on my twitter at writer uh, of course follow us at hops and bo flops uh leave reviews leave recommendations uh, we're getting some more ratings in, but not actual written reviews. And as I said, if you leave us a written review, we'll read it on air. Is the last five minutes just
1: going to be you shamelessly plugging your own shit? I'll quit this podcast, I swear to God. Why? <laughs>
0: I'm ri- I am writing re- those reviews. You
1: plugged your book. Well, yeah. You plugged your Twitter feed. I got to plug it. You plugged your, your articles for Game of Thrones. What are you doing, man? Of course. It's traffic. Let people find stuff organically.
0: Yeah, because that worked. you know how many <laughs> books I sold? I uh, do. I'm genuinely curious. Did you sell more than five books? Uh, Well, considering my mom bought one, uh, my mom's friend bought one. If you don't count those, then no. Fucking nailed it, dude. Yeah. See? That's organic. Yeah, so I didn't have to f- put that on my tax returns. Put it that way. And, uh, Probably got a nice write-off. Uh, One more gratuitous plug. Uh, Captain Cash and I, you may remember him from our Roger Corman's Fantastic Four episode. We're going to be doing a weekly Game of Thrones dedicated podcast that is called I Drink and He Knows Things, where we break down the latest episodes of the final season. So we offer our thoughts on that episode. We discuss lingering questions that we have. And then we're also going to basically offer some wild speculation about... Things we hope to see in this final season. Now, most of that will just be based upon wild conspiracy theories. But hey, you never know. So check it out. Uh, they'll be about 25, 30 minutes long. I'll post them with the reviews. Keep a lookout for them. Quick note, we are entering a Super Game of Thrones spoiler territory here. I want to speculate wildly. Okay, give me one thing. What About what? What do you think is going to happen? Like One of my wild speculations is... A lot of... Uh, there's a character in the book we never got in the show. Did you read the books, you nerd? Of course I did. Uh, and <sighs> I think she's going to show up. Who? So in the books, there uh, Catelyn Stark, of course, she dies at the Red Wedding, right? Now in the books, she comes back as Lady Stoneheart. And she eventually, she essentially like polices the Riverlands with the Brotherhood Without Banners and executes anybody who's aligned with the Lannisters or the people that betrayed the Starks. What? She's like an, she's like judge, jury, and executioner. Now they didn't put her in the show, which sucked, and a lot of the fans were pissed about it. But I think they'll have like a token like wink. And when the dead, the army of the dead is like roving through Westeros, she'll return. I think zombie Stannis is coming back, and I think he will fight Brienne of Tarth. Because we never got to see Stannis die, and I thought that was sort of bullshit. Hmm. There's nothing I like. I understand when you kill women and children off screen. I get that. Right, it's the sensitive thing to do. Killing Stannis off-screen was such a weak move.
1: I think uh, Bran... Actually, I'll, I'll do this one. This is the one you hated the most. Jon Snow and Daenerys both die relatively quickly, and we find out that Sam is actually his younger brother, and he sits on the throne. Boom.
0: Okay, see? Wild speculation. That now, was real wild. If you're in next week, I'll get you in on... I drink and he knows things. Uh, Captain Cash is like a friggin' Game of Thrones encyclopedia. He has all the banners sitting outside his house. He has the cookbook. He's it's read wacky. T- He's read
1: all the books, too?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. He's He and I have both read all the books. I've read some of the companion books as well. So what's the coolest thing that they've left out you wish they would have put in the series? I think... Is there a cooler character than the mountain? No, I, I, they really nail most of that. Some people they condense down. Some people in the show are a lot cooler than they oh, are. Here, in the book. I got a
1: question for you. Do they actually explain what the fuck the three eyed raven does?
0: I'm really confused about that still, yeah. Well, th- he has like a job, right? Yeah. Like he becomes. Hey, want to come live in this tree? No, no thanks, dude. <laughs> you want this root to go straight up your urethra? No, yeah, I'm all right. Every time he. So sometimes when he has visions, they show like a tree with a face, but not all the time. See, I. There's a lot Like the show is past the books yeah. So They started getting into some stuff That we weren't into yet I think Lady Lady Stoneheart Was probably the best Like But the show does do things better Than the books And vice versa I think the books are obviously They're much more in depth So the show combines a lot of characters Into one person uh, But like Bron, for example Brun Is awesome in the books But then he just disappears He gets his castle He gets his wife It's over He's done He's the, He doesn't have this chummy relationship with Jamie and you know he doesn't like resurface, and everybody loves him. You know he got more airtime on the show because people loved him and Tyrion, right? The show worked with those two guys. So, so if you do books, have stuff like that,
1: if the books don't explain why. What the fuck a three eyed raven is, then I'm just not going to read the books because that's really
0: my only question. No, it's point. been a while, so I'd have to I'd have to go back, but I don't recall that really being. It seems important. Oh, here's the thing I'll say the books. Uh, The Ironborn, obviously, uh, those of the Iron Islands, the pirates. Euron Greyjoy is much cooler in the books. In this, he's like handsome and just kind of a creep. He's way cooler in the books. There's Victarion, who's another brother of uh, the king. He's fantastic. He carries around a battle axe and he just beats the shit out of people. Uh, And the drowned, uh, the sort of the priest brother, who you know he he's like the prophet. He's a lot cooler in the books too. Everything about the Iron Islands is cooler in the books. Speaking of the Greyjoys, did you catch that um the first guy to get an arrow through the eye when Yeah, always sunny? Mac were always sunny. Yeah.
1: It's so fucking awesome.
0: I had to freeze frame it though. I I'd heard about it, and they're like, Oh, it's the guy who gets shot in the eye. And I'm like, Really? It's fucking yeah, sweet. So freeze frame that. When Theon comes to save his sister, that what? is Mac.
1: That's Mac. Alright, good luck with your Thrones podcast with Crash. I'll be looking just a segment.
0: To it. I drink and he knows things. We'll just do a quick little breakdown on what we think is coming.
1: No, uh, yeah, I get it. Make me pay twelve ninety nine for sudden death, and then go talk about Game of Thrones with someone you like. I told you, you totally could do makes it. sense.
0: What a dick. <laughs> Tubi free. Nice, nice don't inside. spend twelve ninety nine on sudden death if you don't want to buy it. It's free on Tubi, and then you can explore all the movies they have that Netflix doesn't. It has commercials, though.